Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the All For Us podcast. Um, sorry I've been away for a while. Um, I just I wanted a little bit of a break. I had to focus on other things. And I never wanted the podcast to become a chore where I felt like I had to do one every week. I felt like I wanted to be authentic and if I've got things to talk about, then you know I'll do an episode. And I think... Initially, when you start a podcast, you've got a, you've got lots to talk about, haven't you? You know, you've got a few ideas that sort of you had in your head even before you started it, and you know you've got plenty to sort of get out there. and And I think over the last couple of weeks, or certainly the last few weeks, um, myself and my friend Sarah have been putting our work into um, starting up our retreats, our rewilding retreats. Um, so that's kind of taken up a lot of energy, getting things sorted, and yeah, I have recently undergone um, like a breathwork instructor course to get my qualifications under my belt so that I can start facilitating breathwork healing and breathwork practices with others um, so we can start using them on a one-to-one basis and and also on the retreats that we're going to be doing. So yeah, if you um, are keen to sort of explore the benefits of breathwork, breathwork, follow my page, um, the Lake District Breath Coach and yeah so today i would like to talk about loneliness mental health awareness week and the topic is loneliness so here's my thoughts as humans we are wired for connection connection isn't a luxury it's something that's deeply ingrained as a need from a human being Isolation and loneliness are, one, are some of our biggest health risks that we face. In fact, you're two to three times more likely to suffer from heart problems if you have feelings of loneliness. I think often people think that loneliness doesn't really come with any health consequences. But if you think about your core needs as a human and connection is... I would argue it's it's one of the top, you know, one of the top needs that we have got. You know, obviously, once you've got your health in order and, you know, your, your fundamental hierarchy of needs from Maslow's hierarchy in terms of your shelter and things, like your basic needs that go without saying, I think connection is, is next in line. Because ultimately, what is anything unless it's shared with another? You know, unless you've got that feedback of, you know looking at somebody and nodding in approval or, or smiling or making eye contact and having that shared luxury of it, you know, that shared enjoyment. I think there's nothing better than that in life. You know, like, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I love times of uh, solitude. I do. I love going up on the fells on my own and, you know, I can get enjoyment of sitting in on my own and just, you know, chilling out and having time to myself. But I guess it is a... You know, it is something that whenever you're going up the fells and you see something unbelievable, you see an absolutely amazing view, yes, it's great on your own, it is, as I said, but you kind of always look to your right and think, wouldn't it be nice to have somebody here to share it with? You know, where you can both mutually enjoy it and be like, wow, that's great, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Yeah, really good. In fact, I remember there was a podcast a while ago and they were talking about loneliness and they said about... You can't go scuba diving alone. You just can't. Because there's that many things under the under the sea that you're absolutely in awe for. 
you know, you see all sorts of beautiful things and, you know, coral reef and fish and all sorts of things. And, and when you're underwater, obviously you can't speak, but you just immediately want to look and have that look of awe and you want to share it with somebody else. So, you, you know, you can't do that on your own. Well, you can, obviously, but, you know, the point that we're trying to see is that you should not go scuba diving on your own. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we are wired for connection as humans. I think it's paramount. It's of such importance. And what I would say is not only connection, but authentic connection. Like, I grew up as an only child. And, you know, although it had its benefits... You know, I'm quite independent and quite confident because I've had to just kind of get out there and make friends. And <laughs> I remember growing up and go up on holiday and parents would just be like, you know, throw you into the group. Kids and say, right, make friends, <laughs> you know, put you into the kids group and stuff. So there's a certain amount of like confidence that you have to build for that. Um, I dare say if you've got a sibling, you can kind of retreat inwards and just be with your sibling all the time, can't you? And But, you know, it's like anything, there's pros and cons. But I think with me being an only child, I always felt a little bit different. <laughs> I know everyone will say that because we all feel different, don't we, I suppose. But I always felt a little bit strange. I always felt separate from the group. And, you know, I tried to kind of fit in, really. I tried to follow the crowd. And, you know, growing up in West Cumbria, I sort of started playing rugby and went to the gym and tried to fit in with other laddie lads, you know, and just kind of follow the crowd. And I never really kind of felt at home there, I really didn't. Um, you know, but I, I stayed there because I thought, you know, that's a part of being accepted and part of being connected to others and having a group. Um, you know, but it wasn't until I got sort of older in life that I kind of realised, look, that you know, this I, I need sort of to attract my own tribe, really. I need to try to, you know... Instead of wearing this mask of something that I'm not, I need to take that mask off and be vulnerable with who I am. And because I guess you, you think that if you take your mask off, that you'll be left behind and nobody will kind of want to be with you or want to share time with you because you almost like see a path that the majority are on. And you think, oh, that's just the way it is. You know, that's everyone in it. Like everyone's doing that. So I better do it. So you think, well, if I take my mask off and I be who I am, nobody will want to do that because no, I can't see anyone else doing it. But that's not true. Like, your vulnerability is not a weakness. It's your greatest strength. And, you know, it is so true that it sounds cliche, but your vibe will attract your tribe. And if you take your mask off and you live authentically, people will attract to you who, you know, are into the same things as you or on the same wavelength as you who you can connect with authentically and you're not just putting a false mask on for. So, you know, I would say that is one of the best lessons I've learned in life is sort of being authentic, being true to yourself and don't try to fit in with others because sooner or later you, you can't live your own truth like that and it'll, it'll cripple you, it really will, and you'll start to feel low and, and depressed because ultimately depression, if you think of that word right, depressed, you're keeping something depressed down. You're keeping your true self suppressed. Like, a lead, you're keeping a lid on it. I know I often read a lot of Jim Carrey's words and things, and he's, he's brilliant, he really is. And he says, you know, depression is essentially when you're wearing a mask and you're hiding your true self because you're keeping it suppressed down. 
where you need to take the lid off and, and let it be free, you know. Um, no, I just thought that was good. But, you know, loneliness, we've all suffered some form of isolation over the last couple of years with lockdowns and, you know, it isn't ideal, is it? I think a lot of us have got used to that life. You know, a lot of us got used to hiding away and <clears throat> I think, you know, you can kind of get used to it and think, oh, this is normal now, isn't it? Yeah, I don't mind. I can just sit at home and be antisocial and cancel social events. And, and I did that, you know, I did. I sat on my own, wasn't doing much. And I kind of cancelled social plans. I just thought, well, it's easier to sack it off, isn't it? You don't have to, have, don't have to get dressed and, <laughs> you know, you sat in your jammers all day and that. And I just thought, it's easier. But you soon realise that you need people around you. You need that kind of feedback and that engaging sort of communication and connection. Like, communities is vital. And I think getting your group that you can connect with is something over the last few years that I've focused on so, so much. Because when I stopped playing rugby and I kind of, you know, I, I lost touch with a lot of people that I was with when I was younger, you know, I did feel like I was kind of, you know, a little bit kind of anxious as to whether or not I'd ever find, like, a group of friends again. You know, because you see a lot of people who've been friends with people since they were kids. You know, don't, you know, oh, I've known him since I was kids and he's best man at my wedding and, you know, he's... I've known him since I was in nursery and went right through school and have stayed mates now. And, and that's great. I commend that. I think it's great that that's happened. But, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes you lose touch with people. And, you know, you have to start making friends again later on in life. And, and that's... I was scared. I really was. And, you know, don't get us wrong. Like, I'm still... I can still speak to my old friends and start, still see them. You just kind of go on different paths, don't you? Um... You know, so I've certainly not had any fallouts with anyone. You know, that's not the sort of type of person I am. Um, but yeah, so I think we've all suffered some form of isolation, and I think it's important to recognise connection is a social. You know, it's a really important social need of ours, and and I think the sooner that you, you know, you try to rectify that, I think your life will exponentially get better. Well, certainly I've noticed that anyway. I mean, I've got, you know. By all means, I haven't got like a, a massive group of friends, but the ones I have got, I can count on, you know, and I can trust them and I know they'll be here for us in an instant and likewise me with them. And they feel like a family, you know, they feel like an extended family. And, you know, I think there's a good saying I read and it was, um, loneliness is the inevitable tax that you pay for having a certain complexity of mind. And what essentially that is saying is if you are quite deep in your nature and you are quite sort of curious and you know you maybe don't connect with many people do you know what I mean because you you're quite deep and you're quite um nuanced do you know what I mean you're not sort of like you don't fit in with a crowd because you are quite nuanced and I think you know me and, and a lot of my friends are quite like that. Do you know what I mean? We are quite like not mainstream, if that makes sense. Not in a weird way, but you know, we're into sort of different things, and you know, we like to get out and sort of doing cold water and stuff, and jumping in the sea at six o'clock in the morning. And, and I know that's cotton and on now, and a lot of people are, but I guess we were doing it when people thought we were batshit crazy. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah. 
I think when you think of loneliness initially, you think of somebody being on their own. You know, you take it quite literal, don't you? Like somebody being on their own. Now, I think there's another way to look at loneliness and I think it's more common, this one, you know. I think it's people who are lonely within groups and within relationships. And, you know, you could be in a relationship with somebody and still feel lonely. You could be in a group of people and still feel alone. And I think a lot of that comes down to people who just would rather be accepted than be honest. They'd rather be, they'd rather settle in something and just to have somebody with them rather than nobody. And I think there's a lot of, because there's a lot of past traumas and things through the generations and a lot of people aren't kind of on that journey as to healing themselves. So they are manifesting their pain on others. Do you know what I mean? And there's a lot of pain going out around in the world and you know, I don't want to talk about anything negative as such and, and dwell on it, but what I'm saying is, because of that, there's a lot of people in relationships and friendship groups with people who aren't really nice people. You know, let's be honest about it. They, and, and they're not doing it to be bad people. They're doing it, they're unaware of it. They're, they're literally, it's a case of hurt people, hurt people. So if somebody's been hurt, they're more likely to hurt others subconsciously. And I think they're not doing it, not necessarily in a way, not doing it sort of vindictively or, you know, in a, in a obvious way. It's a case of a lot of these people are closed off, emotionally unavailable, avoidantly attached. And it's just making for a really friction, like a friction relationship, isn't it? It's, it's just not an authentic connection. You know, there's walls up, there's avoidance, there's manipulation there's point scoring going on and I think it's sad really isn't it like because we've got two people you know if you're looking at a group if you're talking at a relationship two people who just want to be loved they just want to be seen they just want to be heard but they are just you know they've got the walls up because they don't want to be hurt and that all that's all it comes down to isn't it they just want to feel safe and secure and Maybe in the past they've got like trust issues or they've, they've maybe been hurt in the past so they've just put these these big walls around them and it means they can't connect authentically. Now I've touched on this in the past and a lot of it's to do with our nervous system. A lot of it's to do with regulating our nervous system through our breath and soothing ourselves in the moment. Because if you imagine, if you imagine a lot of people living their lives in fear, a lot of people are living their lives hyper-vigilant, hyper-stressed, closed off, like bouncing around from stress to stress. There's no way you can connect with anyone else in that life. You can't because you're just too... You're looking around every corner for threats. You know, as soon as something goes wrong, you're flying off the handle. You're not soothing yourself and you're not. your nervous system isn't in a state of homeostasis for you to be able to connect authentically. You know, there's a lot of work going around this at the moment and it's it's something I'm so interested in. It's called the polyvagus theory. And it's essentially meaning that until your nervous system is soothed, you're not going to authentically connect with somebody. You're not going to feel safe. You're not going to feel secure. You're not going to trust people. You're not going to be able to connect. And, and that is ultimately what I think is, you know, that's causing this epidemic of loneliness at the moment. It's because... People aren't aware how to self-soothe themselves. 
get them into a state of secure safety through the nervous system so they can let the walls down and connect with people. And, you know, that to, when, I, when I was obviously reading about loneliness, that, that's the one thing that stood out for me. Um, you know, the amount of loneliness that goes on in crowded places and, and in people that have got massive families and people that have got relationships and they've got big families. The amount of loneliness that goes on within them places is crazy. A lot of people who just pay lip service to things to just bypass it and, you know, like a whole room of family and, and they're not really connecting. They're just paying lip service to, to the event so they can go home and hide away. Like, what is that though? Let's be honest. <laughs> it's sad. It really does. It makes me sad. But, like, you know, it's a big topic. It really is. And I don't want to ruffle any feathers with this. I guess I don't. I'm just... You know, I'm just kind of putting out what my thoughts are on it. And I think that, you know, we've got to ask ourselves, what parts of ourselves can we look at to regulate our our nervous system, to put us into a state of calm and relax so that we could we don't have to have as many walls up and push people away. And I know it's not all on us. It's not all on the individual. It's a two-way thing. And I think any relationship, it takes two people to take responsibility, look at things that they aren't, what's the word? Like they, Look at areas where they don't feel free in their relationship. Look at areas that are fric- like friction, you know, there's a lot of friction, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of avoidance, you know, there's a lot of emotionally avoidant behaviours going on, there's a lot of, yeah, like it's just not that nice, is it really, let's be honest. Um... And, you know, if I think that it's so important that we kind of look at ourselves, our relationships, and do the work that's necessary to heal them. Um, you know, don't get us wrong, I'm not saying every relationship's like this. Of course it isn't. And you'll you'll probably be sitting there thinking, oh, I'm in a good relationship. You know, I'm in love and great. And great. Like, that's beautiful. I love that. You know, if you've managed to get to a stage where you're in a, an authentic, connected, conscious relationship, because I think that's the word to use, a conscious relationship, where both parties don't have any walls up, there's no anxious, there's no avoidant, and it's just a soothing, well-nourished relationship. And I think that's what it should feel like, really. Um, but yeah, anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, I think there's a lot of people who are confident on the surface, but are really quite introverted. I'd probably say I fall into that category. I think, you know, because I've been to the gym, because I've been an only child, I've had to kind of make friends, kind of, as I said earlier, I can be quite confident on the surface. If somebody was to look at me and say, oh, you know, he's quite a confident lad. But I think in my nature, I am introverted. You know, because I've obviously been alone a lot, it has caused me to go introverted and... You know, I'm quite selective on on what I do and and, and where, you know, who I spend time with and things because, you know, when I am around a lot of people, it drains my energy. And I think that's the sort of, um, you know, the sign of an introverted introverted person. When when you're with a group of people, you come away feeling a bit drained. Um, Whereas some people who are, you know, naturally extroverted, they come away from events feeling sort of, I guess, energised really, don't they? Um... But yeah, I think more for me, you know, I connect with people when I'm out in nature, you know, there's maybe just a, you know, a small group of us, we can all speak and connect and 
I feel uplifted more then, rather than like being in like a social event, like a wedding or, you know, a pub environment. I just guess you kind of get drowned out then, don't you, I suppose? And I guess it's more about like being in a, a proper natural environment, I suppose you could say. Um, but yeah, another thing as well I was going to touch on is small talk. It's one thing I used to like frown upon, small talk. I used to think, oh God, I haven't got time for small talk. You know, I don't want to talk about the weather. I want to talk about asteroids or dinosaurs or something deep. And I've changed my opinion on this, I've got to be honest. I think small talk is something that's deeply ingrained in us to get us to connect and find commonalities. I think it's something that is necessary. You know, if you just go around avoiding small talk with people, there's no way you're going to connect with anyone. And the amount of compound effect that has is crazy. Like, honestly, I can't say that enough. Like... Like, I went through a time when I was quite low, and I was just avoiding everything. I would go in a shop, I wouldn't speak to anyone. I would, you know, I would just do exactly everything to get a means to an end in any social situation, because I just, I was feeling low. Whereas, it's amazing how many things can come from you just going that extra mile, or just saying that extra thing that you thought, oh, I maybe won't say that. Just see it, you know. Say to the coffee person behind the counter, in, you know, in Starbucks or whatever it may be, just say, oh, you know, I like your brooch you're wearing, I like your necklace, you know, I like that. Like, don't, because they can feel how you mean that. They can feel if you mean it in a cheesy way or a, you know, a sleazy way. Like, if you're authentic and you just genuinely say something and give somebody a compliment or ask them how the day is going, honestly, it's it compounds, it really does. That'll make a big impact on somebody's day. And it's amazing how it sticks with them. It really does. I've had people, like, stop me, like, you know, further on down the line and say, like, oh, I remember when you you said that to me and stayed with me that. Like, I remember that when you said that. And I'm like, what, really? I just, you know, I just said that because I felt it in that moment. And I think it just really shows. Like, for me personally as well, like, I remember things. Like, if somebody brought something up that I'd said, you know, said it with me in the past, like, it means a lot to me. I'm like, wow, you remembered I said that. Like, what? I feel really hurt here. I feel like I matter. And I think that is it, yeah. You know, all we want to know is in life that we matter and that we feel seen, heard, and, you know, that we can contribute to people's lives in some way. I think that's a big thing, isn't it, you know? Um. So, yeah, small talk. I think it's a good thing. I think it's needed. I think it's the little sort of gateways that get us onto connection. Whether that's talking about the weather or, you know, talking about something that seems like nothing. Like, you know, what time does the next bus come or whatever it may be. What's your favourite coffee? I don't know. But, yes. I think your vibe attracts your tribe. And it doesn't matter if you've got a small group as long as it's authentic. You know, shared passions, a walking group, swimming group. You know, sea dips have been brilliant, obviously. Um, you know, in the past, we've done our C-dip groups and things where you've met people from all walks of life, but they're all operating on the same vibe of just that collective kind of, you know, appreciation of nature and cold water and, you know, conversation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I still suffer today, still feeling lonely and still feeling a bit isolated. Just, I think it comes from that, you know, being an only child and not fitting in with groups in the past and... You know, you can kind of overthink things and think, God, am I, you know, am I a bit strange? Like, I know I probably am a bit strange, but, you know, I think you just, you know, you overthink these things. And 
and I think in the past I've I've found myself like watching programs like Love Island and Made in Chelsea and stuff like to try and fit in with folk to try and like contribute to the conversation in dinner dinner time and that and you know I'm still kind of um, torn with my thoughts on that because at the end of the day if a group of people are talking about something and you, you can't contribute you know I suppose it's it's okay to try and like fit in in that respect isn't it because you never know what them conversations can lead to you know that might just give you the platform to open up and then say something that you know leads to something else um so yeah i think another thing is when we are feeling alone you know essentially it's it's a need that isn't being met but we can also look to try and meet that need ourselves that's something i've done in the past so you know when i've been on my own at night and you know, maybe feeling a bit sort of separated or, you know, loss of hope even, I would say, you know, at times. I have just created like little rituals for myself, maybe put some candles on, you know, maybe done a bit of meditating, maybe just, you know, instead of just taking the easy option and thinking, oh, I'm only on my own tonight, I'll just put a pot noodle in or a fast ready meal. Going that extra mile and like almost, sounds daft, but I remember Tom Hardy said this on one of his posts and he said like, date yourself you know, take yourself out for a meal, go to the cinema on your own, like, get yourself dressed up and go out and, you know, make yourself a nice meal and put a couple of candles on and put a nice incense stick on and just create a ritual for yourself, create an ambience for yourself because then you, that behaviour is showing that you matter. It's When you just think, you say, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll just have a pot noodle tonight and, you know, you kind of like taking the easy option thinking, oh, well, I don't really matter. But, you have actually got your own presence. You know, you can enjoy your own presence. I know that sounds quite woo-woo, but think about it, you can. You can sit down, you can enjoy your own presence. I'm actually quite good company, you know. <laughs> I don't mind my own company, I'm quite a good laugh. <laughs> no, I'm taking the piss. Um, but yes, yeah, I think that's important. Create these little rituals, you know, have a good meal on your own. You know, get out and go to the cinema on your own. Don't think it's not, it's nothing wrong with that at all. Just put the effort in to do these things on your own. I think there's a lot of enjoyment out of that. Um, you know, and another big thing that made a difference for me, I know it sounds daft, but when I was working from home, wasn't seeing anyone for weeks on end in lockdown and stuff. Like, I got a few houseplants, eh? You know, I started putting a bit of houseplants around the house and they make a difference. Like, suddenly you've got that, like, well, I've, you know, I've got to feed the plant, I've got to water it and... You feel a presence from them. You feel like you're not just on your own. You've got like, because you know, plants have got, you know, getting scientific, they've got a consciousness, a plant. So you are actually with some kind of presence. Um, you know, so plants are living things. And when you've got a couple of them dotted around the house, suddenly that it just it makes you feel not as alone. It really does. And it worked with me. Um, obviously, Sooner after that, obviously, further on into lockdown, I ended up getting a little dog, a little Bailey, my Cavapoo, and honestly, he's been an absolute life changer. Like, honestly, the stillness that you can find in a dog when you're just looking at them in the eyes and and you just think, wow, like, you are literally just always in a state of joy and it just rubs off on you, it does. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's kind of... Um, it's kind of my thoughts on loneliness. Um you know, again, I've probably got a little bit carried away with some of them thoughts, but, um, you know, as I say, I'm just going with it. I didn't have nothing really prepared for this. I just wanted to kind of share my opinions. Um, but like anything else, I have um, 
I have wrote a poem on loneliness in the past and I will I will share it with you today just to end off on. Um, so it's called The Lonely Crowd. I can feel received without being heard. I can be accepted without saying a word. Someone can listen with more than their ears, simply being there and, and understanding my fears. I can also be greeted without feeling seen and get a smile off someone that they don't really mean. A true connection is more than going through the motions. It's felt by the heart and it's deeper than all the oceans. I can stand in a crowd and yet still feel alone. I can stand solo on a mountain and it feel like my home. In a world of passing ships and seeking validation through a phone, it's your presence and attention that will stop people feeling alone. Thank you for listening. Until next time, stay loving, stay true to yourself and stay conscious.